Hey guys, I want to talk about Mother's Day, especially this Mother's Day with all the Roe v. Wade stuff that's coming up that's been all over the place everywhere for the last however long, the last like week I think it's been. Um, it's been rough and um, I find like whenever people bring up abortion topics, it's a very triggering thing. Um, Maybe it's not that way for everybody, but I feel like, for me, when I have, like, just seen a lot of people talk about this, these things, um, their rights being taken away in this way, it just reminds me of, um, all of the years of, um, sexual abuse that happens, because, especially because a lot of times, um, when other people's rights are taken away is when they end up talking about us like kids that were are in that situation or were and it's like a thing that I I understand it somewhat like when people hear stories about or like when when news like this happens where the supreme court is going to like strip away rights and immediately put every person who has a uterus in serious danger and um in some way if they ever should become pregnant and they don't want to be um then like it makes sense I get it for people to bring up kind of the worst case scenario and there is no like the pretty much the worst case scenario are kids that are being sexually abused at home Especially if it's, like, a situation that I had where the parents knew about it and they were covering it up. Like, you're pretty much... Like, there's nobody. Like, nobody can really help you. You, Like, kids in that situation... The thing that bothers me about that, though, is that when you're in that situation, you don't really have access to an abortion even when the Supreme Court isn't getting rid of any rights that we have because your parents are your guardians and... um. They're not exactly going to be really gung-ho about taking you to a clinic to um, be seen by a doctor that would have many questions about why you are pregnant and would would be able to see signs of, like, abuse and things like that in, like, on you and would um, have many questions about that. It would... I can only imagine that if parents are in a situation like that, they would somehow have to find a doctor that like liked them and trusted them enough that they would agree to do it and not like tell actually do their job you know not like report and out of like something of like oh we're just this is like we're trying to handle this within the family like I don't know if there's people out there who would do that but I feel like it's at least like there probably is just based on how people are about abuse um that's the only way I can imagine a kid in that sort of scenario um where the parents both know and are both protecting each other that they would even have access to an abortion in that way um so it's frustrating when people bring us up in the worst case scenario um idea not only that but also because it's hard seeing people talk about your life as the worst case scenario story that people are bringing up to try to shame people into um, letting people have abortion rights, especially because, like, the obvious, like, you don't need to have a horrible, dramatic, 
like traumatic story in order to justify having getting an abortion you don't need to do anything um you can just have one because that's what you want that's that's it um and um and especially like the thing that always gets to me too is that kind of gets skipped over a lot of times when like abortion rights starts being argued on on like a national level um is that like why do people feel like their religious like beliefs is important enough that they are like subjecting millions of people and changing millions of people's lives based purely on what they think is okay like that's the thing that like boggles my mind like i know that christianity is basically has been like built up as this idea through for like thousands of years at this point of like this religion is better than everyone else's it's it i don't know when the corruption with that religion happened because the actual jesus from what i've like read i remember when i went to school and things that i've seen since then um was not at all like that in any way but i'm i think that it's the catholic church's fault (laughs) that they definitely kind of weaponized that and made it a weapon of white supremacy to basically be the justification for all of the horrible things that you're doing because if you're if you're going around the world going to countries you've never been to and like destroying their culture enslaving the people who live there like messing up all of these different things that can never be fixed you have to justify it in some way in your mind and like telling yourself that god wants you to do this and that you're like spreading this religion that is going to save the world and if they don't want to be part of your religion it's because they're demonic and they need to like die or or be like punished for doing that that is probably the best way to do that um but it just boggles my mind how like someone can be so sure that their beliefs are the only ones that matter that they could even have the like almost like the audacity to um pass a law like like or like they want to or take away a law like they want to um that the the fact that they're so like almost egotistical to think that their beliefs mean that millions of people should be forced to follow what they think and that like every other religion doesn't matter it's just so weird that's like the part about the whole debate that tends to be skipped because it's just um because people tend to like pro-life and pro-choice people tend to jump to or pro-life people at least tend to jump to like certain arguments and they jump over the that one because how do you explain that like there's no way for them to really explain like why are you so egotistical that you think that millions of people's lives should be affected negatively because of what you believe is true when you have absolutely absolutely no idea if what you think is true is actually accurate like you're going on like gut feeling basically at this point you're just hoping that you're right um that's a that's like a big gamble to take if you're not right and then realize that how many people's lives you horribly affected because you thought that you knew best and you absolutely did not <sighs> that was a rant <laughs> um but so one of the things with this that is um that's really hard for me anyway is that it's always very it's really triggering 
um, for, to see not only people bringing up the idea of this and bringing up and people feeling like they need to bring up their trauma in order to justify needing to have gotten one or to almost like shock people into the realities of why some people need to have one. Um, like I said before, you don't need to have a, like a traumatic story to get one. Like one of my friends, um, from high school that I like lost contact with a while ago, she, um, she got an abortion done when she was like 20, I think like 20, 21, somewhere in there. Um, and she told me about it after she got it done. And I was upset that she didn't tell me about it beforehand because I wanted to go with her. And I remember that she was, like, really emotional, like, when I told her that. Like, she started crying and stuff because I think she was surprised. And I was like, no, like, no one should go through that alone. Like, that's horrible. You don't, you deserve support. And her situation was just, like, she had just, she had been, like, overseas as an exchange student in England and had fallen in love with somebody when she was there and she like came home and then had been like drinking and stuff like with friends and things and then found out that she was like a couple months pregnant and like her boyfriend is in fucking England and there was like and they had no idea and it was going to be like at least a year before she was going to be able to go back and then he was going to try to get a visa to like come here to live and so it's like that's not and she's like 21 that's not a good environment and situation for a child to be brought into the world especially because she was drinking and she was like scared that it would that the baby would have like you know some like birth defects and things like that um or fetal alcohol syndrome because of that and so she did it and um like, that's a completely valid, okay reason to do that sort of procedure. You don't need, you don't need trauma to be a part of it. Like, and, yeah, and I just wanted to make that clear, too. Um, but the thing that I think is really hard about this, too, is that because people are talking about the super traumatic things and we tend to be brought up as, like, an example of, do you want to, like, hurt somebody that went through something like this that badly? Like, because most, because the thing about, like, most of the horrible um, pro-life talking points are that most of them are completely ruined when you um, bring up the fact of, like, well, what if I didn't have a choice? Because the quote-unquote pro-life things are basically being outrageously judgmental and just terrible human beings that's all those any of those arguments are because they basically boil down to like oh well you shouldn't use it as birth control and like that it's all basically just other ways of like blaming somebody for the things that happened to them and victim blaming them saying like well you're just a bad person so you deserve to have this have a child as punishment (laughs) It's like, okay, all right. And so, um, the, just as an aside about that too, is that thinking, it just, I think it's a good idea that people don't have children if they're not ready to have children. Like, I feel like anyone listening to this podcast would likely agree with that statement because like, 
Like, I know that, like, I'm obviously alive because my parents had me. And, like, I'm glad to be here. Like, I'm glad to be alive still. But at the same time, like, if they hadn't had me, then maybe their lives would have been better. And it's, like, one of those things of, like, I don't mean to sound, like, depressing and be, like, I wish I didn't exist because that's not what I'm trying to say. It's just a thing of, like, like, maybe things wouldn't have worked out, like, any better for them. Maybe they still wouldn't have figured out how to, like, live a happy life instead of living a life where they just repeated all of the trauma that was done to them onto their children. Maybe they just would have had children with other people. Maybe they would have ended up having a kid together anyway, even if it wasn't exactly me that was conceived at that exact time on that day. But it's more the idea that, like, my parents did not, like, <laughs> my I was in no way planned. Like, I should make that clear. N- absolutely not. Like, um, my dad owned a, uh, he, like, owned a, a townhouse that he lived in. So, like, he lived in, like, the, like, the top or whatever, and he was renting out, like, the bottom, like, the lower level apartment. And my mom just happened to, like, move in and like rent the like bottom half and then they ended up dating and they met at some point in 1984 and the end of July like my mom's birthday is the end of July they they got married on my mom's birthday and when they got married she was already a couple months pregnant with me and so um that was very, very quick. And so I, oh, I can't help but think, like, if they wouldn't, if they would have seen, like, that, like, abortion as an option, that they did not have to have a child if they were not ready. And there was no way that either one of them was in any way ready. You know, maybe, like, maybe they would have broken up, like, naturally. Because, because, like, they basically got married. Like, my mom said when I was growing up that they would have gotten married anyway. But, like, they just got married sooner because she was pregnant with me. But that's, like, one of those things that, especially considering it was my mom saying it. Um, and she would tend to, like, present things in, like, kind of the most, like, the best light. Even if that was absolutely 100% not accurate to reality. <laughs> um, it's, like, one of those things of, like... Maybe, maybe they would have still gotten married. Like, my parents were very much, like, the worst people for each other, but they also were in a very toxic relationship where they just could never get away from each other, really. Um, so it's possible that they could have just, they would have ended up with each other anyway. But at the same time, if my mom wouldn't have gotten pregnant with me and they would have had me, maybe they would have just naturally broken up after a couple months and realized that they weren't, like, right for each other and they... And there's no guarantee that they would have been any better with someone else or if or they wouldn't have had the same situation just with someone else's child. Um, But me, but it's more the idea that like, I don't think it's a bad thing for people to realize I'm not ready to have a entire human being that depends on me and to like take that responsibility for that and make the choices and steps to make that like a reality like there's especially considering that there's like no there's no like 
um, there's no system set up to, like, make sure that somebody, like a kid that is in a bad environment, is able to get out of it or the parents can get support that they need in order to, like, get help when they really do need the help. Um, That was the thing that I was going to say is that, like, the thing that's so frustrating, I think, for me, uh, there's many things that are frustrating whenever um, abortion rights gets brought up and, like, child sex abuse victims and incest victims are suddenly talked about and remembered and people pay attention to what we say, is that, like, the fact that most of the time people don't pay attention as much to what's going on with us. They don't, like, really um, advocate for for us. Um, it feels kind of like we're, like, screaming into the void a lot of the time. Um And I get it, like, everyone has their own shit, their own problems, but it's an ongoing, like, issue. Like, the whole thing with, like, the Mother's Day strike, that was, that's not a good idea. Like, I'm honestly curious, considering it's supposed to start tomorrow, like, how that's even going to go for, like, the people um, who are, like, in charge of it, I suppose. Um, But, but, like part of the reason why that was not a good idea is because it wasn't something that anyone could really do like I can't take a week off of work my job would fire me and I and I need to order out food a couple times a week because I need that in order to eat and I couldn't and I so like not spending money for an entire week wouldn't work and especially like you really want me to stay home from one of my last appointments I have with my therapist to not do trauma work so that for to, for what reason like there wasn't like a goal for that strike that it's trying to do is just kind of like a reaction but it's not like a reaction that has like any sort of planning so it's like the whatever feeling you get from doing that won't be long term like we want to build something that's long term but like with the issues with that strike is that like the people who are decided to organize it were white women and they decided that now they finally like woken up to realize what's going on with reproductive rights. They just want to take everything over. They want to be the ones in charge. They want to be the organizers. They want to be the star. And it's like, there's been people that have been like working for reproductive justice that have been working in communities, building communities, building organizations and relationships with those organizations for like decades at this point that they just haven't they they haven't paid attention to because it hasn't directly affected their life those are the people that should be like taking the lead right now you should be there to help them with whatever they need but we should be taking the back seat and it's but it's the same general idea that like those people were ignoring like people begging them for help about reproductive rights when they could have gotten involved way way sooner like them deciding to saying that they want to get rid of Roe v. Wade has been something that they've been working towards for like 50 years and especially in the last like five ever since Trump became president they've been talking about it more and more and more every year they talked about it earlier like last year so like this was not a complete shock even if it is still very upsetting to actually see it seemingly be happening soon in like reality um And so it's the same idea, I think, for me anyway, when I think about how they talk about child sex abuse victims, that it's the same general thing of they say that they care, and I think, and I know that they do, but at the same time, it's hard 
to know that most of the time when we're asking for help or we're or we're pointing out like things that are wrong with the governmental systems that we do have that like we don't get like the help that we really need from people to help advocate for that and to help get like those systems um worked on so they could actually possibly you know maybe even function (laughs) um like most people a lot of people seem to know that like cps is super corrupt and doesn't really do what it's supposed to um people know that like there's tons of kids in the foster care system like more there's so many kids that need homes to stay in that they don't have anywhere for them to go and um and like teachers and doctors are supposed to be mandatory reporters but there's so many stories of people that are able to like get through the entire school system are able to grow up seeing primary doctors and stuff that and like never and the people that are abusing them you know never get found out and because if those doctors or teachers called CPS there's no guarantee that anyone anything would actually happen um and so like it's the same kind of problem with both of those things that they these things are huge issues and like people who have been hurt by these things have been talking about it like on top of all those things also adoptees have been talking a lot on TikTok lately that have like helped me really duh like I don't know why I didn't see like the horrible problematic stuff about adoption like the idea that if you can't have your own kid you can just buy a kid from somebody else um but like they made it that they just made me realize like oh yeah that is fucked up and um like all these people were all talking about all these issues whether it whatever it happens to be And if, like, the general public would pay attention to them just a little bit, like, even give, like, $5, like, a month or every other month to, like, certain organizations in their area that are trying to help, like, lobby to people in, like, state or, like, federal government systems to try to make sure these systems actually work the way that they're supposed to, it's, like, one of those ironic things that if those things worked then there there may be less people that would like need an abortion because they wouldn't be like their backs wouldn't be up against the wall and like people would have resources and or if they did need one still like it would be much easier to access it wouldn't be such as terrifying of a thing as it is where where people some people in some states have to be like super secretive about getting one because of the laws that they already have that exist where they happen to live um and also it's just a thing that like if there were actual like um like governmental programs that were there to support people maybe some people if they knew that they would have like some sort of money there to help them be able to afford like child like having a child or like they would be able to like take classes to learn what they need to learn before they have a kid and stuff and not be left with nothing maybe it would be easier for them to have a child and feel like they have and not feel like they're completely like abandoned and they don't have anyone to help them um but 
the thing also that I've been procrastinating talking about when it comes to this is the thing that's like super duper triggering for me anyway um when it comes to this stuff is the uh um it's because there's I'm I'm not sure if I had a miscarriage or not but I feel like I did um I've learned through doing like EMDR the last like however many months like five months six months at this point to kind of trust my instincts because all of the other like memories that I've gained back and things like that through doing that they've all been things that I thought and like I thought that's how things went and I ended up being right like there's a reason why I felt a certain way like there's a reason why I thought that things went how they did and it was like basically almost the part of me that remembered everything that happened to me is like still stick sticking around like I was taught to question my belief in myself and and in my memory and in like just in the confidence that I could be right about something instead of thinking that I was wrong about everything and that I was just making things up because of how my parents treated me especially my mom like to talk about Mother's Day stuff um, my mom is the one that gaslit a lot when it came to things like that but like that like belief or that like feeling that I had was um, was always still there somehow I just wasn't sure if I could believe it um, I always went back and forth because I just never felt confident enough to be sure until I like um through EMDR stuff could remember the things that I was thinking and feeling at the time that made me like so I basically got validation from my own past self to make me like believe myself fully and realize like yes I was right this entire time I just got confused and didn't believe myself because of how much they like built into me that I was not somebody trustworthy um but yeah, so in like 20, it was like 20, it was like right at the very end of when I was in my treatment program. Um, I thought that I remember, I've, I've just, I've always had questions about the time. So what am I trying to say? Sorry, this stuff is just hard to talk about. Like I was just um, talking about this. I was honestly yelling <laughs> at someone on TikTok that not actually yelling but still like just like letting like kind of going off and so honestly like when people on social media are like shaming someone for having an abortion I don't have any patience and I will absolutely like still give trigger warnings to warn people but absolutely like make somebody feel like absolute garbage and bring up my past to shame them basically into realizing how horrible they're being right now and I don't have any idea if what I'm saying will actually ever get through like people who believe who are pro-life at this point are usually they're pretty like indoctrinated and almost like brainwashed into a cult kind of mentality that it, it would be hard to like ever really get through to them um but I still like try just for the fact that it's horrible that people are out there 
judging women for having to do that as it and like just saying very just very mean and cruel victim blame me sort of stuff to people that is never all right to say but one of the things I said in that ranty video is just like there's no way of finding out if you had a miscarriage when you were like 11 or 12 (laughs) like I've tried I've tried to google it for years like ever since that like memory popped up in 2019 every single time like abortion things are in the news again it always makes me think about that stuff and makes me think about that and be like was that that or was it a miscarriage and I've like looked up and I've like googled what a miscarriage feels like so many times but it's like that's always for adults and like obviously nobody should be having a miscarriage when they're not like an adult but it's like the reality of what was going on so it's like I was only like 11 yeah I was like 11 and so if it was that then like I I don't know if the descriptions of what it felt like or what it is like would be accurate for me when I was so much younger and it's not like that's something you can really ask people about that's only something that other like child sex abuse victims have gone through but it's not something exactly that we like to talk about really and so it's one of those impossible things of like I don't know if I'm ever going to be completely have like the complete and total validation to know if that really happened to me or not besides if who knows like maybe working through EMDR stuff as I go forward in life that will that will be one of those things that randomly pop up that I'm not expecting you can honestly you can never be sure um it's possible (laughs) but it's also very hard because every time I remember this stuff or remember when these things are like being discussed a lot Um, it brings that up that I wish that I could be sure, even though I, the fact that I'm like, I keep thinking about it. And the fact that every time these things come up, I get like really sad and remember things related to it makes me feel like it is true just because, like I said, everything else of what I thought my instincts were telling me ended up being accurate. So I feel like those instincts are likely accurate this time as well. But it's just very difficult. And for anyone, if there is somehow someone listening to this that is afraid of the same sort of thing, um, the best thing I can say to describe why I wonder about it now is that, like, uh, obviously, when we're going through the abuse and everything, like, it's not like we have any sort of real relationship to what's going on with our bodies, like, me and my body did not communicate for a very, very long time. And especially was not at all d- then. Like, I, I like, wasn't really feeling, like, you know, what it was actually feeling. Like, a lot of, like, the pain and things like that were dulled because I was dissociating a lot. And was not in my body because it was too scary to be there. And so when you're, like, so scared to the point and, like, just everything is out of control where you just need to, like disappear inside your own head somewhere in order to like survive it you just you don't really feel what's really going on with your body so like like I can remember when I was in like fifth grade fifth grade was the first year that my class 
my like school ever had like a um ever had like a what would be considered sex ed but it was basically taking girls into one room and boys into another room and and like the I don't know what the boys did but at least for the girls we like talked about what it's like getting our period for the first time and watched like a video of a really horrible likely video about it and I do remember the nurse bringing up the idea that like if somebody else is touching you and you don't want them to they're not allowed to do that that sort of thing and I remember like nodding my head but like being very like aware of like being like you have to act normal you you have to just just nod your head and act like you understand and everything is fine because I knew that I couldn't actually tell them what was going on so like there's a part of me that knew that what was going on was that was not okay but I also knew that I couldn't actually tell anybody about it um and was like afraid that they would somehow be able to tell that 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 was happening to me based on like my reaction to what they said but they didn't and um the year after that when when I was in sixth grade what I the thing is that's hard about this is I think back to that being like the first time I ever got my period. But the thing about it is that I um I don't really remember after that if I still got my period like every month or not. I and because especially cuz I was younger, sometimes you don't get it all the time, although I remember like, I'm someone that always gets it. I'm, like, extremely regular. I, like, never miss a month. And um, I can remember getting it when I was in middle school. Like, not in sixth grade, but, like, in seventh and eighth grade. I remember having it. Um, but I, like, always really resented getting it because it reminds me of... Because it just reminded me of, um, of, like, the abuse and stuff. And it was just... Like, I just don't like thinking about even that part of my body at all um, because of that. And so, like, it took me, it it honestly took me, like, a long time to even be, like, to use, like, pads on a regular basis the way that I was supposed to. Like, my mom had them, but I, like, never wanted anyone to know when I was even getting it because of the environment that I grew up in. And because I didn't want to take care of myself already, I would just... I would just, I would just use like toilet paper or whatever when I was at school and didn't care if I like didn't have the right stuff. Um, so I honestly like don't know if I got it like every single month after that when I was after this time that I remember. But what I, what I do remember is like I had a like, um, this was a time when like my dad was making me play for a basketball team for like a neighboring town because him and um the person he started like a basketball league for like fifth and sixth graders at our school and then of course because it was my dad um the person that he started the whole league with got they got in a huge fight and so I basically my dad like they likely wouldn't have wanted, the guy likely wouldn't have wanted me to be on the team because I was his daughter. That's horrible, but it's just how it was. And, um, so I couldn't be on the team for, like, the, for, like, the school that I actually went to. 
So instead of just, like, having me not, because that would be, like, a thing against, like, his ego that, like, this person won, that I, that, that, like, because they got in a fight, that my, that his daughter, like, wasn't allowed to do, like, basketball, um, he instead had me, like, go to, like, a neighboring town that was, like, five minutes away, and I had to be on the team with everyone from that school, nobody that I knew, I didn't go to that school, nobody knew me, nobody liked me, and I didn't even want to be there, like, um, I liked doing dance, and the basketball team and dance was at the same time, so I couldn't go to dance anymore, and I basically was just gone for like four months and I came back to dance one time and everyone in the class was so mad at me for just disappearing for so long and there was no way to explain that it was because my dad made me so I just like told my mom that I didn't want to go back because I was just so upset about the fact that everyone there was so upset at me um and just never wanted to go back and I remember her asking if I was sure and I said And I said, yes. So basically, like, he ruined me doing that because I didn't want to do this stupid basketball. Like, are you kidding me? Nothing in me wanted to join a basketball team for a school that I didn't even go to with a bunch of girls that didn't know me and didn't like me. Because that is such a weird situation to be in. Hey, this random girl that's from the town next door that we play regularly in basketball is going to, like, randomly join our team? Okay. (laughs) Um, anyway, I was, like, leaving school one day. I remember at school, I, like, changed into, like, my uniform, um, for the, for, like, the, the basketball team, and we had, like, a tournament that we were going to, and, like, this is some of the stuff that's weird about me when I remember this stuff in general about this time in my life, because I do like sports a lot. Like, my dad wanted me to do, like, every sport. So I did, like, soccer and softball and basketball. And um, even though I loved... The things that I loved also were, like, piano and dance. And I couldn't do those things because he wanted me to do this other stuff. I still actually enjoyed, like, the competition. Like, the memories that I have from those times of when we had, like... um, When we went to, like, tournaments and stuff. I do remember that it was fun like, going through the tournaments and seeing, like, if we could win and things like that, because, um, the teams that I was on usually did well, since we were, like, a really rich white area, usually we had all of the resources we needed in order to do well for a team, um, but I remember that weekend that we went to, like, a, we were at, like, a tournament all day, and, I remember, like, one of the other girls on the team said something to me, and she, like, called my name, and I, like, turned around, and she was like, never mind, and then, like, a couple minutes later, my mom, like, pulled me into the bathroom, and it was because, I I think it was because, like, there was, like, you know, when you get, like, your period, especially um, for the first time, but really at any time if you especially when you're younger and you like bleed on the clothes that you're wearing um yeah that happened (laughs) and I think that's why like one of my teammates was like hey I was trying to say something but then didn't know how to say it um but anyway my mom I just remember my mom pulling me into a bathroom and um and then giving me like and having to buy me like 
a pad or something from like the bathroom at this place and I had to spend like the whole entire rest of the day playing like a basketball tournament when like I was in pain and my stomach hurt a lot and I didn't want to play and um and all that it was really weird and it was just also one of those like weird stories that like of course if this is the first time I got my period, of course, like, the first time I got it was in the middle of a basketball tournament when I was there, like, all day, and there was, and I would have, to, and I had to spend the whole rest of the day playing, and there was, like, instead of, like, being able to, like, you know, like, you know, like, take, like, ibuprofen and, like, get, like, a heating pad and, like, relax, like most people tend to do the first time they get it, um, so yeah, that, that, I, that's the thing that I, like, wonder about now, because I remember how I felt, and I remember, like, what it, like, almost, like, looked like in a way, um, and I remember that my mom was, like, really surprised by how much there was, and so it, that's the stuff that I try to, like, Google, and there's, like, no answer of, like, is that just normal for when you have your first period, or, was it a situation where I was having a miscarriage and I didn't know that because I had no idea what that was and um and just assumed that it was my period instead and because that's what would make sense to me in my mind I know that people got periods that made them bleed like that um and because of the time that it happened and it's not like memories are really there like I can't remember if I was like bleeding after that like there's this like very vague memory I have where I feel like the next day I woke up thinking that I would need to like you know put on like another pad and then realize that like I wasn't um that I wasn't like bleeding anymore and I was like oh okay and I just like and I was like okay then I guess that's it let that that was all that it was it's over now and like obviously I was 11 it's not like I knew any better of what getting your period was like but so like I wouldn't have been too questionable if it only lasted for like a day or something um because I didn't know any better and I had like and the thing that's hard about it too is that like it's not like my parents were ever gonna actually tell me the truth you know like that's the thing that I was talking about in the very beginning of the of this episode how I get frustrated when people talk about like kids need in those really abusive situations is that like my parents controlled every aspect of my life like I couldn't do anything at all like nothing like not only because I was young like 11 years old 11 12 around that age when this was going on um it was also a situation of, like, I didn't have, like, any, I was, they isolated me so much. Like, any time I ever made, like, a friend, um, where I could, like, go over to their house and stuff, my dad would always find some reason for me to not go there anymore. Because if I became friends with somebody else, there was a chance that I could, you know, trust them and their parents and, and, and have a, people to confide in about what was happening he didn't have control over me when I was at somebody else's house so like anytime there was some there was people like I remember there was one girl that I met when I was in school or like when I was in like fourth grade 
there were people that I was like, like families that I was like the people that like did the basketball program before my dad, like, and the person like got in a huge fights, a hundred percent. I'm sure because my dad was being horrible, like that family before all of that happened was like nice to me and would like give me rides to games and stuff. Um, when my parents weren't around and there was somebody who did stuff like that, who I played, who was on like a, a soccer team with me. And so like, there are people like that, but because my parents were so, especially my dad was so controlling, it never got to the point of like, of me really being able to be friends with those people because they were always, they they always found a way to like, keep me away. And then on top of that, the fact that like, even though my dad's family and my mom and my mom's mom lived close by and we would at least see my mom's mom on a regular basis, they weren't living with us all the time. They weren't like in the same town as us. So it was, they only saw like a a certain percentage of like what we were like. It's like the idea of like, when you see, um, it's like the idea of like seeing photos of somebody's life on social media. They were only seeing like when they would come to visit, it would be like a fun thing to do. They were only seeing us around certain times when we were like enjoying ourselves. They weren't they're seeing like the day-to-day stuff they were only hearing about things from that like my mom would tell her mom and what my dad or mom would tell his family they were only seeing like and hearing about things that they would share so that was a very like warped perception of what was really happening um they would have I think that they both saw like that things were off but they didn't realize that how off things actually were but I'm just saying that because to explain like how isolated you are when you have parents that are that controlling over your life is that like I didn't have anyone else to ask about these like body things that were happening to me so like when so yeah I would believe that I like got my period and it only lasted for like a day or something and then it was just over. I would just believe that that's what periods were like. And it's one of those hard things because like sometimes when you're young and you get it, sometimes your periods are weird like that. So it's, and it's also like a thing of like, there's no like definitive thing that anyone could ever say to like definitively say whether that was my period or whether it was like a miscarriage. And I just had no idea what was happening there's like no way to say which one it is like no one can really answer that for me it's one of those things that the only way I'm ever going to find out one way or another is if even like the memories that I have it's one of those hard things that like like if I ever get back the memories of how I felt and the things that I was thinking and feeling at the time little like me like 11 year old me didn't know these things So, like, even if I remembered those things, I don't know that I would ever get anything back that would make me be more sure than I am right now that that's what happened. Um, But, yeah, like, that's really hard to... It's one of those nagging things that, that, like, comes up every time I see people start talking about getting abortions or miscarriages or whatever. I just think that, and I'm, like, I'm, like, pretty sure that that's what happened to me, but I can't remember for sure so I feel weird about even 
talking about it because I get very insecure and I'm like what if I was wrong and and it's just one of those like things that I feel like is hanging over my head of like I wish that I could know this for sure one way or another but I know that I likely won't um for a long time likely you never know but it's a really frustrating part of the whole thing like I know that people listening to this likely will understand but um it's hard having those things hanging over your head knowing that there's like an answer somewhere but you just don't know what it is and that even if you remember how you felt at the time you were so young that like you didn't know what was happening so like it's you'd be seeing it from like younger youth perspective not like an adult that was around at the time that would have known what was really going on um it's hard especially since like my parents were especially my mom was so like disconnected from her emotions always that and like all of that that I don't even know if she would have even realized completely what was happening like I feel like there was a part of her that would have had like maybe a thought of realizing what was going on but she would have like spent all of her time convincing herself that it wasn't really true that it wasn't really that that it was something else um because that's just how she was all the time she didn't really live in reality and I guess this is like the best way I can like transition to like Mother's Day stuff um Mother's Day is obviously very hard and like especially it's always really hard but it's especially hard for me this year because the stuff that I've been working on in therapy has been memories having to do with my mom as opposed to my dad and um it's and like especially the Roe versus Wade stuff brings up things having to do with her with these memories because she was the one that I went to with questions about this stuff and and um I know that she'll never I can never go to her with questions like this because she would never admit any of this stuff ever happened so it's like not worth it um but it is really hard to to remember this stuff and um there really isn't anything I can think of right now to say to like make Mother's Day easier for anyone who also has a horrible relationship with their mom like I do like I'm glad that it's gotten to the point now where um we don't talk at all like up until like six or seven months ago she used to sometimes send me random messages on Facebook and she hasn't done that in a really long time like I deleted her like message window on Facebook Messenger and she hasn't sent me anything since then and I the only reason I even have that app at all is in in case she does send me something I just get scared that she'll send me something and say something wacky and I won't and I won't know um and I won't even know what she said and or see it until like later and I will somehow be like like harmed or hurt by something she said um like I want to know what stuff she's almost saying and doing um like I don't even have the regular Facebook app on my phone I haven't had the regular Facebook app in like over a year so but she's legitimately the only reason I have that messenger app at all all the other windows on there are from like 2016 (laughs) with people that I don't even talk to anymore um but like she used to send me messages on there every once in a while and hasn't done that in a long time at this point 
And so, like, I'm glad about that, at least. I'm, like, glad, like, there are things that I'm glad about when it comes to things with my mom. Like, I'm glad that she, like, I saw something from my Instagram at this time last year was when she started, um, not, this was during a time last year when she, like, didn't pay me. Like, I remember this time last year, my mom pays me every month to pay off the money that she stole from me when I was in high school. And, um this time last year for like a month or two around Mother's Day she just randomly stopped paying and I thought she was just this was her just like stopping paying and she was never going to start again and then all of a sudden she just started doing it and there's another time later in the year last year where she stopped for like a month and then ended up and then started doing it again but like at least that there's that like for the last like six months or so she hasn't done anything like that like she's been paying me at least once a month for like the last six or seven months which is all that I I still honestly am surprised every time she does (laughs) um so I just never expect it um but there is that at least that she is like paying me back like um she owes me (laughs) I told my therapist the other day I feel like it's like almost reparations that she's paying me back for at this point um and so I don't, but I don't have to talk to her in order for her to keep doing that because I haven't, we haven't talked in like seven months, I think at this point. Um, so there is that stuff that is nice that like, she isn't fucking around with me like she was at this time last year. The only thing I can imagine of her saying that stuff is that, or like doing that, it was that it was a way to try to get me to talk to her and it didn't work. So then she just, like, gave up and start, and started paying me again. Um, so I'm glad there's at least that. And that, um, yeah, I don't know. But other than that, like, I don't really know ever what to do with Mother's Day. Because the thing that's so hard is that all of the, like, social media posts that everybody does talking about how they love their mom and or they miss their mom if their mom is dead and they were a nice mom, um... And all that, like, I I don't want to be the person that, like, just rains on people's parades. So, even though there are always things that I want to say on Mother's Day and Father's Day, I almost feel like I shouldn't. And I'm very, like, hyper aware of everything that I say and everything that I post because I know that that day for a lot of people is them celebrating the fact that they are a mom or them celebrating their own mom or remembering a mom that they did have that they loved and... Um, I don't want to like shit on people when they're talking about that stuff just because I don't have a good relationship with my mom. Um, and so I try to find like a balance of like talking about why I hate Mother's Day and why it's a horrible day and, um, and it's always a very hard day for me to, to, you know, exist through, I suppose without making other people feel guilty or anything like that for the things that they're saying because it's like it's not their fault that my mom is a horrible mom but it is still the truth that like being on social media on mother's day is very hard it's it's like a non-stop thing of like posts on every social media app it's really hard to get away from it um the best thing I can say for people is to try to find something to do that like passes the time that 
yeah, it is on social media because we all use social media a lot, especially if you're like me that doesn't have any friends and doesn't leave the apartment, doesn't have anyone to see. So like this is the so you're going to be on your phone because that's how you like communicate and interact with the world. Um but also is like something that you can look at in social media or whatever that like is something that makes you feel good and helps pass the time but maybe is like a break from all of the like mother's day posts so like the things that I usually try to do every year is like find something to watch on like YouTube that's like I love watching like YouTube kind of documentary sort of things or like really long videos like I love watching anti-MLM videos and almost all of those videos are like an hour or two to two hours long because they're they're usually taking like zoom calls that people in MLMs have done and reacting to the whole thing which makes them that long because usually a zoom call would be like an hour and so adding in their commentary makes it like an hour and a half to like two hours long and I love that it's that long because I want to be, I want to get into something. I wanted to, I like things that are longer. I don't want it to just be a quick 10 minute thing. Um, if there's like something that you've wanted to watch on like, you know, Disney plus or something, that would be a good day to do that. Um, I personally have been like, I've been playing Breath of the Wild ever since my birthday in January. And, but I've gotten to like this point in the game where I'm like almost not sure what to do because like I want, I want to do, like, the last big battle of the game to beat the game, but there's also other little things I could do, so I keep doing, like, little stuff, but I'm almost, like, not sure when I, when I should try to do the last big fight because I want to be successful and not just die a million times, um, but I've been watching a YouTube channel of somebody who, like, has done a million live streams of them playing through the games, and I like watching like people play video games like that's something that I've liked watching even before I got us like a switch or anything like that um like I've watched videos of people playing games I've never even played before um and I like this person's channel because they're they're not like toxic um like there's a lot of there's so much like toxic masculinity in people doing videos for video games but this kid is like not like that like he has like stuffed animals that he like keeps on his desk that he hugs and he like you know isn't perfect like he'll sometimes mess stuff up and die and when like other channels that I've watched are like so good that it's like it doesn't it's like I'm not I'm horrible at this game watching you play all this hard stuff and do it so easily is like demoralizing um and they also are just like they're always critiquing the game because they're people that have been playing them for so long that they just see all the problems in it and like are so hard to like please because of that and which is like makes me which I don't like like it just makes me sad hearing somebody critique this game that I really love over and over and over again you know but like this kid is somebody that like really loves the game and he's very positive about it he's always excited really excited and it's just like carefree like happy having fun without like any of that toxic masculinity bullshit like to example another channel that I liked watching whenever Zelda came on screen they would like talk about how hot she looked and things like that and I'm like oh my god there's like none of that with this other kid which is nice 
And every time they do a stream, there's, like, so many streams they have. And I've been, like, watching ones they did back in, like, 2020. And every video of them streaming is, like, three hours long. And so tomorrow, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to watch a bunch of videos by them of the different streams of them going through the game. And I'll be entertained by it and enjoy it. And it'll make me happy. And it's something that is not at all connected to Mother's Day. Nobody is going to mention it because the things I'm watching is from July of fucking 2020. And so it will be like a nice break for me on those days that like, or tomorrow, not those days. It will be a nice break tomorrow that like, I know that it will be Mother's Day the entire day that will never leave my mind. I know that whenever I look at like Twitter and Instagram and like TikTok and stuff, I'll see videos of people talking about their mom and or talking about the Mother's Day strike which just makes me remember my mom because it has the word mom in it um I know those things are going to happen but when I'm watching those streams I can just sit there and enjoy watching someone who like really really loves this game that I also really love and it's just like a genuine like excitingness about it and because it's from so long ago like nothing in any of those streams is ever going to mention the fact that it's Mother's Day and especially because it's just a bunch of people playing of someone playing through the, a video game and like and like looking at people who are chatting when it was like originally live streamed and responding to what they say like even if it was on mother's day they're likely not going to bring it up because it's not connected to anything like that at all it's all just talking about stuff having to do with the world like in years past on mother's day i would watch like star wars or something or Lord of the Rings, something like that, because it was set in, like, a fantasy world that had nothing to do with this world that I could get, and I could get, like, all, and I could spend the day thinking about those characters and their relationships instead of anything to do with mine, so that's, like, another, like, good thing to try, like, honestly, Mother's Day when your mom is horrific and you've had to cut her off especially, it's one of those days that, like, you just kind of have to lean into your coping mechanisms, whatever they are, and especially the escapism ones. Like, yeah, we're not supposed to, like, escape all the time, but when it's a day like that, you do what you got to do in order to, like, coexist through the day. That's all I can really ever say. So, I feel like this episode was, like, super triggering for people, um... I'm sorry if talking about that stuff was really hard for anybody to hear because it made them remember anything from their life or if it's just hard for you to hear that sort of stuff is not easy to hear anyone talk about um so if it did like trigger you in any way please take care of yourself go find an animal to pet go put on some headphones and listen to like some nice music go do something that makes you feel that helps you feel grounded again, and I'll catch up with you guys next week.